Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and for those who are new to the show, Coffee with Convery is an intimate, upfront, and personal coffee chat with some of the amazing, intriguing, inspiring students in young town I've met over the years. This podcast series is meant for all audiences, students, new grads, career service counselors, parents, recruiters, and lifetime learners with a passion for the futures of skills and the future of work. Today's episode is a very special one, as it is our first Throwback Thursday show. The Throwback Thursday shows will be featured once a month on Thursdays, of course, with students and young talent I met years ago and to see where they are now. My guest today is Sapria Ramesh, adventurous and passionate individual whom I met back in 2012 at IBM Canada in Markham, Ontario. Sapria is a graduate from Queen's University and has a Bachelor of Applied Science in Electrical Engineering, and she is currently working as a product designer for Facebook in Menlo Park, California. Welcome, Sapria, to the show. Why don't you uh, go ahead, maybe introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Absolutely, Ryan. Thank you so much. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Sapria uh, Ramesh. I'm a product designer currently at Facebook. Uh, prior to Facebook, I worked at Apple. And then we go way back to IBM where I met uh, <laughs> Brian. Um, I joined IBM as a, as a new grad into a rotation program. Um, and uh, one of my rotations was in Brian's team where I was setting up some systems uh, for the human resources side of things. So, uh, yeah, that's the story. I currently live in California with uh, a five-month-old and a new mom uh, and my husband, who's also in tech and works at Lyft. Congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that. And congratulations on the new the new baby. <laughs> Thank you. It's been crazy. <laughs> I can imagine. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear on this uh, conversation. It's been so long since we've chatted, but... We've stayed in touch over the years, which has been super nice. And um, I always want to get for the guest and for the audience, you know, some warm up questions to get a little knowing about who Supriya is and and just kind of get us going. So uh, some sort of rapid questions. What is your most used emoji? Um, it has to be the the smiling with the tears on the side <laughs> emoji because I'm like constantly. <laughs> LOLing things. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one to use, right? It shows that uh, good, good to use and good to show, right? So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> LOLing with the tears. All yeah. right. If you could um, eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, let's see. It has to be noodle soup of some kind, you know, vegan ramen or I'm vegetarian. So something noodles with some broth and some veggies and good stuff. <laughs> oh, so healthy. So healthy. I thought you were going to say ice cream or cake or pizza. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about survival. If that's the only food I'll get, I okay. might as well like take something with carbs, right? <laughs> yeah, survival. That is key. <laughs> Um, favorite way to spend a day off? Uh, oh, I mean, it has changed so much in five months. Um, but one thing I still love is urban hiking. Um, I, you know, when I we used to live in Toronto, just walking around the city and 
exploring new neighborhoods was one of my favorite things to do. I still try to do that in Bay Area quite a bit. <laughs> nice. And um, quick question on this one, but interesting to get some insights. Do you hit the snooze button or wake up immediately? And maybe this has changed with a five-month-old, but... <laughs> Yeah, what's a snooze button? Tell me what an alarm clock is, because that's in the form of a baby right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah so, snoozing for sure. <laughs> I was going to say, I guess you don't get too many choices. Of... <laughs> um, if you have to yeah, pick a word. It is, it, yeah. It's quite different now. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, if you had to pick a word, what is your favorite word? Um, let's see, I'm going to answer this a little differently. Um, I would say the word of the year for me is intentionality this uh, year, considering, you know, I do have limited time. So I try to be as intentional as I can with things I do and opportunities I take up or, um, the projects I focus on. <laughs> it's a great word. It's a great word. Um, okay. So let's. Let's go right into it. Um, many individuals like you, um, and I know this this journey has been uh, part of your past too, is going from high school to post-secondary and to the work transition, in, in fact, where we met. And, and they're now thriving out there in the world, in the workplace. Um, when we think about the students in the audience joining today to hear uh, about folks like yourself, uh, Sapria, who have made it and, you know, are, are in the workplace, um, you, you obviously had... Uh, a journey and an overall transition, and you probably learned quite a few things along the way. Is there anything um, maybe you could give some insights to us about how your overall transition happened and and or what you learned from it? Yeah, totally. Um, I'll go way back, you know, uh, just thinking about high school. So I, I uh, grew up in India and I uh, graduated from high school in India and then I moved to Canada. Uh, to pursue engineering at Queens. Um, and, you know, um, like uh, any naive uh, new grad, I, I, I went through engineering. It was one of the toughest things I've done, definitely. And I was the only female um, sort of graduating from my class in electrical engineering. Uh, and then I chose not to pursue a career in electrical engineering but instead uh, found a role uh, consulting right at IBM, which is where uh, I, I sort of like learned everything about being thrown into the real world. One of my biggest, biggest learning is people and networking is at the key, is at the bottom, like it, it's the core value uh, for anything and everything you'll achieve in your career. Like you and I are talking right now, Brian, and that's because you and I, you know, I, we spent that time getting to know each other, getting coffee, and then you introduced me to several others, and I, I got to meet other people uh, at IBM. They introduced me to more people, and I, I learned and got inspired by meeting all these people, and I was able to formulate uh, sort of like my vision for where I want to go by looking at people who inspire me. Um, mm -hmm. And that has helped me through the transition. I joined the rotation program, you know, just as an engineer and then found my love and design through uh, IBM, where I met uh, sort of my my mentor, Erin uh, McLennan, amazing, amazing lady, my 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 favorite. But um, <laughs> she basically drew, drew me into design and I, people at the core of it. Again, uh, if not for Erin, I wouldn't have uh, picked up design and I wouldn't be here today. 
<laughs> wow, great, great shout out to Erin as well. Um, we'll have to have to let her know that she was mentioned in this podcast, right? As 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 an important factor in your life and your journey. And you know, to what you said too, right? Like taking that degree and then going into consulting and then finding your way. You know, everyone has has their journey and it's not always that straight and narrow. I'm an engineer there before I become an engineer. I'm a, you know, accountant major, therefore I become an accountant. Um, and I think that's, what's really inspiring about how you've navigated, um, you know, to where you are today and, you know, going from IBM to, uh, to Apple, uh, uh to, and to Facebook, um, can you share a little bit about that transition? I, I know I was sharing uh, with a few young students that I was going to be doing this with you. And I mentioned that you're now in California and they're like, oh, I wonder how she got to California. I said, I, I need to find out too. So um, how, did, how did you find that transition, you know, moving countries and, and, and when did you know it was right to make a move to another organization? Yeah, no, absolutely. IBM, um, IBM is my like, home job. I don't know if there's something like that, you know, like a home country. Um, but uh, so as I was uh, maturing and um, I got to a stage uh, as a product designer at IBM, um, I mean, at IBM, I got ha handed a lot of really good projects and opportunities and that it didn't come easily. I had to sort of chase after them, network my way through them and stuff. Uh, but as I was starting to lead projects, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit more. And I'm passionate about tech. Um, and I looked around and I said, well, I've lived in uh, Toronto for now close to seven years-ish, eight years. Uh, let's pack our bags. And I was newly married at that time. It was like six months or something into our <laughs> marriage. Um, and I said, let's pack our bags. Let's look into uh, Silicon Valley. So I started applying to jobs uh, sort of from Canada and interviewing. And uh, obviously I got rejected like all, like everywhere. It was, uh, and I, I took each of that rejection and turned it into a learning, I would say, of mm -hmm. how, how to sort of position yourself in interviews, right? Um, because it, interviewing is a skill. You might be a very skilled designer, but interviewing is a whole other skill. So through <laughs> each rejection, I was like, okay, I got to mention this. I've already worked on something like that. This is a skill they're working for. So I was like, built up my package. Luckily, one of my last few interviews were with Apple. Um, and after several rounds, it was, it was, uh, two long days of interviews. I would say I, um, got the role and then, you know, um, apply the visa situation is crazy as well here, but, um, uh, got the visa granted and, uh, moved over to Apple, uh, started living in, uh, Bay area. This was back in 20, um, 17. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. And you know, it's funny because, um, I came the other way from the U S to Canada, right. When we met and, uh, it's interesting how, when people talk about North America and organizations that are stationed either in home countries, what have you, um, there, there's a whole culture, right, around, uh, you know, the office and, and as a like Canada and U.S. can be where it's very different, too. Um, I'm sure you've experienced that, too. 
Yeah. Oh, the culture, uh, cultural differences are definitely, especially like the tech, uh, tech, uh, you know, fever that Bay Area has. You have to be on top of things here, um, constantly reading up on new innovation. That's like more prevalent than it was uh, in Canada, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, and overall too, Canadians are just sweetest you know <laughs> i did come into a pretty uh, crazy time in u.s administration as well so that was something to witness um glad oh, yeah. a better place now <laughs> yes absolutely we're and we're we're gonna stay away from po uh, politics on this but i couldn't agree more um so what's you know as we think about your journey and the successes you've had and the and the, the pathways you've paved um, reflecting back to school, and I know it's, you know, a while back, but if you think about, um, some of the skills and things you're doing now, is there anything that you would recommend to, uh, folks, maybe from the post-secondary academic world that might be listening about what's something that might be considered or taught in school that either isn't or should be? Oh, the entire schooling system. Uh, we could talk about this for an entire like, podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would, uh, I would say, uh, you know, uh, problem solving um, at the core of everything uh, is key. So taking up projects and taking initiatives on you know, starting organizations uh, within the school or thinking about projects that may enhance a situation that you've encountered and and voluntarily sort of addressing that. Um, that's how I would see it. You know, if I were to go back to school, I would focus more on those kind of things because it it teaches you creativity, it teaches you, you know, problem solving, which is basically what you need to survive uh, the real world. Um, and, and if I were to design a school system again, I would throw in like managing personal finances as uh, a course and like a class where you learn about investments and how you can sustain um, your personal finances, actually. <laughs> you know what? That's an interesting one. That's come up a couple of times conversationally about, you know, another person referred to it as, you know, understanding how to for taxation and different financial. So financial literacy overall is, is something we're expected to do as, I'll just say it adults, but we're not really maybe prepped for it um, in that way. So that's interesting. And I have to ask you, I want to go back just one quick minute. I, I thought I heard you say, were you the only female in your class at Queens? Uh, at Queens? Well, we were at a very, very, it was like, two or three of us and by the time i was graduating um a bunch of them had either switched over programs or had chosen to go away and do a gap year and stuff so i was yeah so the only graduate of electrical engineering in that that yeah. year from there wow that's that's incredible to you that that's a whole nother conversation about women in the workplace and um opportunities for women to get into schools and programs that may not seem traditional or whatever the word of today is, but, um, you know, another, another accomplishment that, you know, you've, you've had and, um, just amazing Sapria. It's a, it's great, great. What you've done. Um, I couldn't do it with, without like allies like you, right. Um, uh, I mean, you were open to conversations and you were open to recognizing that I would be able to, 
you know, take on roles and stuff. So it, it, it's, we're we are in a much better place now in terms of getting support, um, I would say from, uh, you know, from situations that previously people thought we couldn't handle. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, and then we still have a, a way to go as well. Um, uh, but one of the, you know, one of the things too now, maybe getting a little bit more personal, can you share with myself and our audience what what has been your biggest challenge in life and how did you overcome it? <laughs> this changes, This an the answer to this <laughs> will change now that I'm uh, in my 30s. It's a, it's a different sort of like outlook. But let me think about my 20s, right? Um, it was that nonlinear transitions that I wanted to make. Um, so I came from engineering and then I got into a rotation program. I got to experiment, but I wanted to sort of like pick uh, an area to settle down in and thrive. So that was definitely a challenge because uh, for me, I have a lot of interests and I tend to do a lot of things. So uh, kind of uh, learning to focus was very uh, difficult for me. And the way I did it initially was, uh, I mean, I got lucky that I got to experiment, but that's one of my biggest things is be open to whatever comes your way and um, try to do the best at w what's given to you. So if I was handed like um, um, a software development role, even if I was not um, competent enough, I would try to learn as much as I can and uh, do the best that I can in that job. So that's what I did in my 20s. In my 30s, it's a whole other um, a dilemma in, you know, what, wh how do I shape my career from a career standpoint, but also like uh, just thinking about balancing work and life now that I'm a new mom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You have other other things that are part of your life and family is a big, important one as well. So. No, but thanks for reflecting back in the twenties and that 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 conversation because I think that does help some of the young folks are listening in today about you know you don't need to take one specific path and being open. So thanks for sharing that. No, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yesterday's dreams aren't always today's realities, as we know from twenties to thirties. And I I don't want to say where I am at this point, but you know. <laughs> And you look at these different ideas and what your dreams are, and and maybe it's just a change in direction or it's a change in your own passions. But how have priorities changed over time for you? And um, could you share a little bit about maybe why? Yeah, again, it, it, the situation you're thrown in um, kind of changes where your dreams are at as well. But and I mean, at the core, dreaming is very good. Thinking about where you want to go, you know, four years down the line, eight years, ten years down the line, uh, is something uh, that I try to do more and more. So I would say I reflect more now than I did earlier in my career. Uh, in terms of uh, the changes in priorities, um, it, it's it, it, it all so nonlinearity is something I I still sort of value. I don't want to just climb the corporate ladder, you know, go from senior something to senior or something else, and then director of something else. Um, I want to chase after where my interests are at. So now I feed my curio curiosity more than I, I, I did in my 20s, where I was a little bit too pent up on climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, it was rewarding for sure, um, but I think this is where I'm at today. <laughs> That's a great, great reflection. Um, and uh, 
and and so relatable, right? As as you kind of think about things and also about priorities. Uh, you know, it's not always about the fancy title, right? It's about where your interests and passions are. And are you doing something you generally like? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's better for your uh, overall well-being if you're uh, able to do what you like. And if you don't get that opportunity in the daytime, um, take a take up a side project and do that. I I start I started doing more of that now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Another thing too, which, um, you know, it's coming through loud and clear is, you know, you as a person, your values, the skills you've, you've built for yourself. Um, but when you, when you think about yourself and your values, I, I try to tell students today, don't be so focused on the resume and the GPA and the, you know, uh, it, those are all things you do, or don't be, you know, I'm a student at X, Y, Z. Okay. That's what you do. Who are you? And when you talk about who are you? It really makes us all take a step back on what our values are and how they've been um, helping us to be successful in life. Um, do, do you think your values, if you maybe could describe a few of your values and what you kind of think about as you go about your daily life? Yeah, uh, values, um, you know, they are not just like you take the Myers-Briggs test, you know, you know your personality and that's that. Uh, I think they change over time. so reflecting uh taking time to reflect on yourself and what you're doing is uh very important this day and age especially as the technology and you know social media there's so much happening uh some of my some of the values i've found i value is freedom uh and i i you know ask for freedom in uh say i give handed a project that i try to go above and beyond. And I can only do that if I'm given the space for it. And I have open conversations with my managers about, hey, I'm gonna like experiment a little bit or uh, I'm gonna push back on, uh, you know, just like a quick launch, for example. So nice. that's how I tie it back to work. Um, and uh, recognition is another thing, uh, which I am trying to tame a little bit, but uh, this is something that I've had through my 20s and it's carrying into my 30s a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, um, sort of uh, the, as, as I'm building products and as I'm um, uh, launching projects, I like to, at the end of it, be recognized. And, um, it, it, you know, it doesn't happen that way all the time. You, you, no one has time to be like, oh, great, you've done a great job. <laughs> uh, so, like, learning to tame that a little bit is something I'm working on. Um, yeah, those I, are my top I like that you brought that. I like that you, sorry to interrupt, I like that you brought that up because, you know, reflecting back and you look at the different generations, right? And, and, and growing up in, 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 you know, the workplace and at home in a community where recognition for your, your, your peers and others has been important. It's interesting. And I'm really glad you brought that up because as you're aging and getting into a different decade, how, you know, it's still top of mind in a way, but you're also recognizing that there's different ways for recognition or different ways that that will be managed. Yeah, it totally changes. It's not, it's not that you have to be promoted for doing a good job, right? Um, one thing is patting yourself on the back and uh, using that recognition to sort of drive something more challenging into your life um, is something, uh, it, it, it's more doable. So if I have done a successful project and say, uh, 
uh, I sort of being recognized, I use that as a pedestal to get something bigger or something more challenging. Absolutely. Um, one, one really quick one I want to add and throw in here is just, you know, knowing that you've, you've been on this path, you've been on this journey, you're continuing on your journey. And as, as we all are lifetime learners, uh, is there anything or any advice to maybe some of the first second year students who might be listening in today and hearing about how you've, how you've, uh, you know, made your successes and, and the things you've learned along the way. Is there anything you might give them as far as a, a piece of advice? Yeah, um, as I look back at first and second year, I would say I was a little too focused on my uh, curriculum that was handed to me. Um, I would say, you know, uh, be, uh, be a little bit more open, explore your curiosity and don't get too pent up on like um, getting the perfect score. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, um, a perfect GPA does not define your talents. Um, yeah. So explore, take that, take that uh, time during school to use it as a playground to explore your curiosity a little bit more, think outside the box. Um, unfortunately, you know, we do get too caught up on, oh, midterms and exams and stuff. Um, but if you're able to work on side projects to, to, to kind of build up your portfolio as you're graduating, that is great in today's day and age, anything is doable. Uh, especially because information is almost free <laughs> on the internet. So go Google, start with Googling whatever your mind's, uh, what's, whatever's on your mind and uh, work your way towards it. Uh, and just chill out. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> if you don't get like perfect grades or um, GPA doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I, I wrote this down, uh, treat it like a playground, right? Life is a playground. And although we are, you know, we age, we get older where I, I feel like I'm just a bigger kid and, uh, a different playground. And as you articulated it, I think that's, that's the beauty of life. So, well, that's all the time we have today. And Sapria, I am so happy that you joined me and you were my first throwback Thursday guest on the show. It has been a while since we last chatted and it's been so special really catching up with you again. It feels like we just picked up the phone and talked maybe yesterday. Uh, so thank you again, a, a really special moment for me and hopefully for our viewers uh, listening in today. Uh, for the listeners, if you liked what we heard today, please share this podcast with your network. This is been... Please stay well. Thanks, Sapria. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me.